Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tommy Bahami. Big Dave, how you doing, man? Good. I hit that recording button button a little uh, a little prematurely there. Look, buddy, I am always ready for you. I don't care when that big box pops up that says you get it, you're being recorded. I am in. All right, Tom. Here we are, another episode. We have a friend, Mark Field from the Knoxville Chamber. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Great. I'm really grateful you're here. Thanks for joining us. So, Mark is the next participant in our member engagement um series for lack of a better word uh he's the senior vice president of investor development and experience uh to be honest i'm more interested in the experience part than the investor development but i'm kind of curious what that is uh for again the knoxville chamber so mark welcome man i think where we typically start this thing is we want to know a little bit about your background how did you get into working with associations um how do you say stay so strikingly handsome uh, where do you where do you work out you know all these things before, but let's start with your background well before mark starts, real quick real quick mark, before mark starts what i want to say is what i'm excited about today is everybody knows what a chain their local chamber is yeah it's the group the so when anybody ever asks me what do you do i say are you familiar with your local chamber They're like yeah i know exactly who that is i'm like well our company does exactly what theirs does but we're industry specific so this is the first chamber we've ever had on our podcast we're excited to hear kind of the, the business model for the chamber and how y'all go about membership and just the things you're doing to engage different um, industries of people together because we're about to join our local chamber. And so I'm anxious to hear how the Knoxville chamber is doing their, their stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that. So take well, us that, back that, though, that, all the way back that, to the beginning. That, that's great, Tom. Uh, you know, I, I hope I can tell you what the chamber experiences, uh, experience is from uh, what we did maybe two years ago. Uh, but we have made a 180 degree turn from what I would say the normal chamber in a community does. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but uh, I'm really happy to be with you guys. Thank you. So who are you? Give us a little of your background. So, you, uh, about 20 years ago, uh, I was on the board of this chamber, of the Knoxville Chamber. Uh, I worked for a healthcare company. It was a, I'm so sorry. Uh, I worked for a... Um, we're on live TV, Mark. You never know. There you go. <laughs> I worked for a healthcare company here in town that was jointly owned by two health systems. Uh, we were a managed healthcare network that uh, provided benefits and uh, hospital and physician network services to large employers. And I was on the board uh, of the chamber, and they asked me to sit on the uh, selection committee for the new vice president of membership. Be and honest, Mark. We, did you get fired? No, this is crazy. We interviewed about three or four people. And after it was over, the board chair and myself and the board and the chamber CEO went to lunch and we were frustrated about the candidates that we had had just interviewed. And the guy that, that ran the chain, I mean, the uh, newspaper here in town looked over at me and said, why don't you do this? And I said, no, I've got a good gig. I like what I'm doing. I'm working for health systems here in town. And then about two weeks later, the CEO of the, the majority owner said, look, we're not really doing very well financially. And we're thinking about selling home care and the managed health care network and our durable medical equipment. And, of course, we were a part of that. And 
Uh, and I said, uh, you know what? I'm a lot more interested in that chamber job. Than <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, how, how like it, yeah, things yeah. in the universe align. I'm not, yeah. I'm not all hocus pocus and stuff, Yeah, you know, that, but, that's, but that's pretty awesome. So anyway, I called him back and said, okay, maybe we should sit down and talk. And so I've been here 20 years. I really better be expected, a good package. That's I really I expected said. to be here a couple of two or three years and go back into the healthcare marketplace, but, uh, but it's been great. And I've got a great team of folks here that, uh, that do a great job, a very ambitious group of, of folks. And so it's been a lot of fun. How big is good. your team? So the team I have right now is about 10, um, all around marketing, uh, business development, uh, communications, uh, that kind of stuff. How many members do you have? So actually, that I'm going to get into that, uh, Tom. We don't actually call them members. They're investors, and there's a reason for that. We don't have a membership model. Uh, we will give service to any business in our community that needs it. And we have investors that fund that work. Uh, awesome. So if we've got a small business in our community, let's just say there's a minority business in our community, doesn't have the funds right now to be able to access our services and products and things uh, that we do to help businesses grow, uh, then we're, we, we, we don't care. We're going to help. Them. And, uh, and so we're more like a united way in that model. Uh, so we've got businesses in our community that fund that work uh, and we help them and give them some perks. But it's really not about membership because economic prosperity in our community is really not about membership who's in and who isn't in it's really about whoever's in the community that can drive the economy and so uh that that's so we call them investors uh and we have about uh 1900 now that's that's amazing that first of all two things one it's amazing that uh you you rethink what you refer to your members as and in fact, Tom, if I'm not mistaken, our last guest had also had a different word for the members. They didn't call them members, which it, it kind of strikes me that the last two people we've talked to had a unique term to more appropriately define who their membership is. That's really interesting to me. So Mark, I'm, I'm anxious to kind of kind of go on a rabbit trail and, and go down this road because I'm, I'm anxious to hear how. What'd you say? You want to go down a rabbit trail? A rabbit trail. I, I understood that. Though. <laughs> I think it's a rabbit hole, Tom. No, a hole has got no solution to it. A rabbit trail has got an end result where you're going to find some, the golden ticket. Clearly, you never read Watership Down, a classic book about rabbits and the holes they live in and so on. Anyway, go on. Go down your rabbit trail. So, so my rabbit trail is, but how do you deal with, how do you deal with the, the, the non-investor that's got, clearly got the money to pay, but they're going to they're gonna tap into economic development resources that you're providing to everybody, and but they're not somewhat paying their their share of what they probably should because they're reaping rewards from it. Yeah, Tom, I, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, our desire is that companies in our community grow. Right. Uh, and, and that the economy is vital enough and that uh, we're doing the things that cause those companies to hire more people, sell more products and services and, and boost the economy. So right. at the end of the day, if somebody is, is taking advantage of those services and products uh, at a high level, uh, our question is, is why are they not succeeding? And if they are, uh, then we're just going to turn our head. And if they aren't, then we're going to have a conversation with them about why they're not applying those resources and products and services effectively. Right. Uh, or, or we're going to ask for one of our other investors 
uh, that can be of help to them, whether it's through a mentor relationship, and that's happened, uh, or whether it's through getting them transferred into other uh, organizations in our community that might be better suited to help them. Uh, and so we, we really are not going to worry too much about and have not had too much problem over the last two and a half years uh, with someone just taking advantage of us, so to speak. So, so you would say that any, most, almost every company that has an ability to invest and pay at a level that you would deem would be proportionate, and they're taking advantage of definitely benefits that y'all provide for the benefit of their business, that most of those people are paying their share, as we would call it, due, so that there's enough money. Because obviously, I, I can yeah. see there's a mindset of some, there's, there's a few people, I've just, I've met them, you know, they're like, well, gosh, if I can get it for free, I'm not yeah. going to pay the thousand bucks, you know, and so, you know, we yeah, all, I, I think that's. I think the thing that surprised me when we moved to this model and I started sitting down with what we used to call members and what I had had a 16 year, 17 year relationship with a lot of them and started talking about these four or five or six things in our community, uh, economic ecosystem issues that needed work that maybe we had uh, foregone in order to do networking events and, and kind of beat our own chest a little bit about what what our successes were as a chamber as opposed to what their successes were as businesses uh, I, I found out that those folks really did want to do the things and were interested in investing in those things that would make our economy better as right. opposed to it staying like it was and us so to speak cutting the same size pie year after year. Right. And if you looked at our GDP growth in our marketplace, it was very slow growing. So we grew from population perspective, but we didn't grow proportionately by the economic perspective. And when right. we started looking at communities like Tulsa and Greenville, South Carolina and Raleigh, North Carolina, and their growth was, was very, the trajectory was much greater than ours. We began to ask ourselves questions, why and what do we need to do about it? And let's forego these other things that chambers have done in the past. Not that there's anything wrong with those. It's just we for, wanted to forego those in order to make sure that these other things were taken care of. So you've got, you said 1,300 investors? 1,900. Oh, I'm sorry, 1,900 investors, and your staff is? So my staff is 10. We have a staff of right at 30 uh, folks in the chamber. Okay. And 10 is the number of people that are interacting with the investors? They are. They're development folks that are going out and telling the story and getting active investors uh, to come on board. And then the rest of that is our marketing and our uh, investor relations, our customer focused uh, folks, as well as marketing and communications. That's a huge chamber, isn't it? I mean, 30 yeah. staff members yeah, is huge. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. that, that's a, a very unusual and, and even 1900 members, or I'm sorry, investors is, is rather big. Why you do know, we you have about a $5 million budget? So it's a pretty good size organization. Why do you uh, tell me why, and this might be true for all chambers, but tell me why an organization would become an investor. What is the value proposition? Yeah. Well, again, uh, when, when we sit down and I'll use the term pitch, when we sit down and pitch someone about why they might be an, an investor with us, we talk about those things maybe that didn't or haven't gone as well as we would have expected they would in the last 10 to 15 years. And we talk about reasons why. Uh, and we zero in on about six areas that we feel like uh, needed some work in our in our community. 
obviously economic development is critical. So business retention, expansion, who, who's here growing, and then going out and attracting business to the area. What we found over the last 15 to 20 years is the kind of companies we had attracted to the area were lower wage jobs, call centers, right. distribution, those kind of things. So um, the other things that drive those two economic development issues are the business climate, the regulatory environment, taxes, uh, you know, do, do the, the people that uh, legislate in our community understand what business being business friendly is and why we should be looking at codes and zoning and all those things from a different perspective than we do. Then secondly, it would be infrastructure, roads, bridges, rail, but mostly fiber uh, yeah. and, and uh, transportation uh, in our community, uh, public transportation. I'll give you an example. We realized we had no public transportation to our business parks. So that meant that if some, and we had jobs that were available in the business parks. So that meant that if somebody really wanted to go to work there and didn't have reliable transportation, we, we couldn't get them there. Um, we had we found out during the pandemic that over 6,000 households in our community with children in them had zero Internet access. So those are issues that affect the business climate moving forward that right. need work. And so those are the kind of things that we focus on now. The next one is talent, and everybody is suffering from that issue. Skilled talent, uh, whether or not we're able to keep uh, the, the kids that come to the University of Tennessee that's here in Knoxville, uh, uh, are, are we churning out enough in the degree programs uh, from the university that can fill the job needs that we have? We only keep about 20 to 25% of the students in this market uh, that graduate from there. Uh, they have to have a 26 on the ACT to get in. So the, the, the state's best and brightest. Uh, and we only keep 20% of them. And, uh, and really, we're not turning out enough engineers and we're not turning out enough computer scientists and enough business analysts. So those are all things we're working on with UT. And then the last part, small business and entrepreneurship, making sure that we have uh, more resources available for the potential of high growth companies, uh, entrepreneurial activity, uh, the transfer out of the Oak Ridge National Lab that's right next to us, the tech transfer. Uh, are we giving companies and, and people who are coming up with these great, uh, incredible ideas, uh, do they know what it's like to get a business started or to transfer that technology into the business commercial environment? Right. And so all of those are things that we're working on now. That's, that's who we are now, is we're working on those core issues as opposed to, again, and I'm, I don't mean to say this to cash into dispersion toward it, doing networking events and doing a lot of back patting and hand slapping and, and it really not uh, translating into the economy getting better. So advocacy, am I, am I wrong so when I say side. advocacy is your value proposition? That's what it, you... It, it, it's huge. It's, I would it's say. part of it. When I hear it, I, I look more... And by the way, after hearing all that, Mark, I only have one phrase to say to you. Go balls. Yeah, that's right. So when I hear all that, Mark, advocacy is a part of it, but I think higher level than advocacy is business development, economic growth, because I've learned in over the years of my life that whenever you can impact, a, it's one thing to say, well, you become a member, we'll save you this, we'll save you that, we'll give you access to this. But when you can go and say, look, we're going to have a dynamic impact on your business because we're going to help your business grow. When you can help a business sales grow as a part of your impact, all of a sudden, they all want to be members. They want to be a part of that growth. Yeah, and I think that the economic development to me is a much bigger picture because 
advocacy, most people are in my lifetime, I've said, you know, advocacy is important, but you're going to do that whether I'm a member or not. You know, but but if you're going to increase my business and I can get a bigger piece of the pie, I'm all in on that. And I, I think you are doing that. That's amazing stuff that you're talking about that you are doing. It's all about growing the pie, Tom. You, you right. used, you, I mean, that's what we talked about. You used our our uh, our example. It's all about making that pie bigger. If we make the pie bigger, everybody gets a bigger piece, right? right. If it, we we want to leave market development and and the capital market uh, run itself in terms of how you develop business, you know, we could we could uh, pro- we could provide all these networking events for all these companies, and they could come and meet people and hand business cards to them. But what if they have a website that doesn't work? Right, that's right. not our fault. Right. But we've done our job. But but then they don't. So so the market will take care of that. They will. They will do the things. Now, we'll provide some resources and services to them that will help with that. But the market will take care of its place. What we've got to do is grow the pie, grow the market. Yep. And if we do that, we're doing a great service for small business. I had someone tell me, well, if you're not going to do networking events anymore, and literally we don't do any pure networking events. So you can imagine we're a chamber of commerce that does not do morning coffees, does not do business after hours. And so there was a revolt around town, right? That what what in the world's wrong with our chamber? But the question is, you know, is not do, do they think that that's not helping small business? If we grow the pie, we're going to help small business, right? Well, you know what, Dave? I, I'm hope I'm hoping, Mark, that the White House chamber I'm about to join stops doing those things because the moment they do that, guess who's going to sponsor and put on a monthly event in our local neighborhood? I yeah. am. I'm telling you, those are the conversations we had with them during the strategic planning process is to find those one, two, three things in the community that really need work and transfer the energy to those things as opposed to doing these older event oriented revenue generating uh, deals. Listen, at the end of the day, uh, some chambers just do what they do to save their phony bloody jobs. Right. I mean, I say that, but but it's true. Well, you know what? I know Dave's got a question, but I got one, 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 one more thing to say on what you're so we don't lose the, the momentum there is, you know, you talk about growing the pie, but what's even more important is effectively growing the pie. What's killing cities today is politically driven growth where you got people involved that really don't they're they're looking at political climates and, and paths that aren't necessarily the right path. But when you get business involved, private business in that effective growth model that maximizes growth without having a huge negative impact on its community. I mean, that's even a more powerful thing than the growth itself, because there is growth that can kill a city because you talk about um, infrastructure and public transportation. I so wish if, if Nashville had a, a subsystem of some type, public transportation to get people around, it would be um, incredible. But, but we don't because it grew faster than them putting in public transportation at a level that would be meaningful. I'll add support to that. We had one of our county commissioners say, what's wrong with Knoxville the way it is? What's wrong with Knoxville? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just we can't stay stagnant. If you're not growing, you're dying. Right. And so, the, the, you know, to add support to what you said is, you know, we this community deserves to move forward. And you can't just do things the way you've always done them and expect a different result. So. So, Dave, I know you're dying to ask a question, man. I can see it in your eyes. What's what's churning in I, your mind? I, first of all, I want to make a comment. I I think your website, Mark, is really good in the way that it answers the most obvious questions, right? 
And when I go to, by the way, if you want to see it, uh, if you're listening to this, knoxvillechamber.com, when I go to the investor uh, section, it says investment levels, it's a really crystal clear um, chart that shows what you get for what kind of investment. And you can see on here, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of detail, line item details that speak to all those high level uh, components that you mentioned. Uh, it ranges from an associate at $500 to bronze at $1,500. So it's not an expensive membership from, for, from a business perspective. All right, so with, with all that said, that was just my compliment, but with all that said, uh, what do you struggle with? This is really the core of why we brought you in here. What do you struggle with from an engagement perspective? And then the next question right after this would be like, well, what are you doing really well? Uh, you know, you're, you're going to think I'm asking this because it's the business you're in, but it's engagement and it's helping. I, I, I say to my team at least once a week, sometimes 10 times a week. The biggest problem we have is who are we and what do we do? Yeah. I Answering that. that question. Who are we and what do we do? And communicating that value proposition to the community, not to our investors, to the community. Because if you're not going to invest with us, at the very least, we want you to know what we do. And second of all, we want you to see that it's valuable, right? We want it to have some value. Because we want you out there talking positively about our organization, whether you invest with us or not. Because you may be talking to someone who will invest, right? So, uh, communicating effectively the value proposition of what we're trying to get accomplished in the community so that we can build momentum around it. Uh, you know, when you start thinking about the fact that uh, only 30 percent of our kids that graduate or uh, that are going to high school are going to go on for a for a, uh, a, a secondary credential, uh, post secondary credential. Uh, so we're really talking to parents. Most chambers are talking to their members, which are businesses or business owners. But we're not just talking to them. We're talking to parents. We need their kids to go and get a post-secondary credential, whether it's uh, a, a certificate or whether it's in welding or whether it's a skilled labor or, or, or a college degree or an associate's degree. It really doesn't matter. We need more kids in our community to get that post-secondary credential. So communicating value in the, in the marketplace is our biggest problem. Uh, it, it's, it's huge and it's tough because we do so many things. So that is not necessarily your investors. So one of the th one of your part of your constituency isn't just your investors, right? But it's also the parents of high school students out there. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you get it's, those names from? Like, I mean, well, well, we try to communicate that in our partnerships with the school system. Uh, we we hope that uh, in public meetings about different things that are going on in our community where we show up and show concern and interest uh, that people recognize that. So it's not unusual for us to be in public meetings where we're talking about additional res residential growth. It's not unusual for us to be in public meetings where we're talking about should they build another high school or should they build another elementary school? So we as a chamber just don't sit back and say, oh, well, that's not that's not a core business issue. It's a peripheral business issue, right. but we're going to be engaged in those things. And so, again, it builds momentum 
for not just ourselves, but for the partners that we have in our community to make sure that this uh, community is going to be economically viable. And so that is the Realtors Association, the home builders, the uh, uh, parks and recreation folks, you know, who, who help us build civic, what we call civic furniture, right? We have this nice house, but it needs to have things in it that are people are interested in accessing and uh, that it wants to be a place they want to live. Uh, so all of those things. Uh, so it's really not just about us. It's about collaborating with all those folks in our community that make those things happen. You know, I, I think it's a challenge for a lot of associations who represent one succinct industry to communicate their value. But I mean, the chamber represents everybody. Every industry. So how do y'all go about dissecting down to your value proposition to sp speak to a to an investor in some frame where it hit? That's right, yeah. Tom. It is super broad, isn't it? So like, we, we do everything. Stay focused on those six economic ecosystem issues. Again, the business climate. Is this a good place to run and own a business? Uh, do we have the talent we need, which then floats over into the education system and and being able to have enough skilled labor. You know, you know, we talk about things like, do you want your grandkids to have a job uh, close to home so that you can see the grandkids, right? Right. And and so what That's kind of- That's not an emotional issue. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so, so what kind of skills do they need to be able to right. do that? What kind of companies are here? So all of those are business issues. So we try to stay focused again on talent, Business climate, infrastructure, uh, and small small business and entrepreneurship, and which, and those other things kind of fall under those. Right, which all those things you just said impact almost a hundred, probably a hundred percent of everybody you'd ever be talking to. Yeah. Let Let me tell you what our CEO said the first day he walked in. We got a new CEO two years ago. I'd been here for again eighteen years at that point. Uh, he he walked in the the room, the leadership team, and said. I believe that everybody in this community deserves an equitable opportunity to be prosperous. Do you? And we looked around the room at each other and he said, that means a single mom living in a housing project. That means a, a, a kid who has lost both of his parents. It, 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 everybody in our community deserves an equitable opportunity to be prosperous. And whatever stands in the way of that is our responsibility to move. Right. And this is Mark Odom. That's your Mike Odom. Mike, Mike Odom. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're Mark. And so right. when you start thinking about that, that's not a membership organization's role. That that's an investor organization's role, right? That's right. why we moved away from membership because prosperity is not about membership. Prosperity is about everybody coming together and doing the best they can to make it work. Right. And that's what our companies, okay. that's what our investor companies have been doing. And I, so I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to put money on this. Although it's it, it you know no money no mission right, um, so we we never we only had two companies in our community paying us in excess of forty thousand dollars a year for membership. So th that was a health system and a large national brand that headquartered here in Knoxville. We have four companies giving us a hundred thousand dollars a year now. We have 15 giving us 50. We have 12 giving us 25. Uh, that's the shift that the community made when we sat down with the stakeholders and said, here's what we want to get accomplished. And we want you to invest in this work. 
the the how they viewed that investment now was much different than they viewed a membership at the chamber, if that makes sense. So I think we're hearing a little bit of what you do well. When I asked you that, you actually jumped right into, I think, being fairly humble, what you want to do better. But I think we're hearing in here what you've done really well, which is reshape, rethink completely the way you're engaging your investors, your members. And it starts well, with calling end, them something different. Dave, I would say on the front end, I would say now that those investors have shown that faith in us and we're going out and doing that work. Our biggest issue now is helping spread that word and helping engage these partners and these collaborators to do more of it. We can't do it all, right? And so it's getting people to understand the value of moving these efforts forward. And that's really not just about the chamber. So I, I, here's what I would say. Over the last two years, we've shined a bright white, white spotlight light on the forehead of these issues, right? We have made sure that people understand that they're probably not where they need to be. And we're making some movement ourselves in these areas, but it's going to take more than us. And so engaging with more people effectively and helping them understand the value of it is where we just can't fail. But I think we are somewhat, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be humble. I mean, that's, that's really what I say to my team, we've got to find a more effective way to engage the people who are interested in what we do so that they understand the value of it. Excellent. I get it. All right, Tom, how about we go into that last question we always ask? You ready? I am. All right. So here, here's what we do, Mark, when it comes to um, this podcast. Uh, after a little bit of a deep dive about you and your organization, what you're struggling with and what you work, what, what works well, um, we like to look back and say, okay, what's that one thing that we heard that stands out for us? And, and for you, it might be the one epiphany or the one thing that you want to relay or the one key message you want people to walk away from this podcast with. Tom, what did you get out of it? What was the number one well, thing for real you? Real quick, because we didn't touch on that. We talked about what they've been doing. So I just want to hear Mark before we get into that. Mark, so you look, we're in February and you got 10 more months. So what is kind of the key engagement point that that you're going to do differently between now and the end of this year? What's kind of the big thing you are putting focus in? Well, I, you know, I think we were slow to market with our text uh, alerts and trying to communicate with people by text. We do a really good job with our social channels. Uh, we do a really good job on, uh, you know, with our newsletters and those kind of things, which are more traditional ways of communicating with our customers. I think we've got to get a little more personal, particularly around issues uh, that are of high concern or, or uh, uh, have time uh, efficiency on them. Right. Uh, we've, we've got to be able to talk to those really higher level investors or what I would so say interested parties. Uh, for the, you know, if we have uh, uh, a neighborhood that's uh, fighting against uh, residential development in their area that needs to be there because we have a lot of companies in that area. We need to be able to say to our folks, hey, this is on the agenda for city council or county commission, and we need you to weigh in. We need you to call your county commissioner or whatever. We, we, we don't have a quick, effective way other than email to do that. So I would say that's kind of something that's 
uh, standing out there for me right now. That's good. That, I like I like hearing that. It means you're you're listening and you're identifying and you're changing to meet that need, which is a good thing. You are not behind the curve, Mark. I'll tell you that right now. You are not behind the curve when it comes to SMS. I'm okay. telling you right now. This is a. Uh, it's going to take time for member-based organizations to really understand how mm -hmm. to best use it. Yeah, uh, we've been rolling that out. Profile, we've been rolling that yeah. out to a lot of our clients, and they're all wondering, uh, like, how do we use this? I just saw. Was are you a member of ASAE by any chance? I'm not. I'm, I'm a member of ACCE, but uh, I'm also sure. a member of the U.S. Chamber, and uh, all three of those organizations yep. collaborate and work together. Very similar in nature. Uh, well, I'm a member of ASAE, and I just saw this afternoon a discussion about how to utilize SMS. You are not behind the curve. This is surprise. You know, our industry, we're about 10 years behind the regular industry, right? We're 10 years behind business and corporations, typically, when it comes to utilize, utilizing technology. Uh, SMS is no chambers different. Are, chambers are, the, are, are behind normal associations, in my opinion. Uh, as I've looked at CRMs and databases and some 10 years ago, we moved to Microsoft Dynamics to mm. move away from some of those cookie cutter uh, chamber centric products. Uh, you know, it, our, our industry is behind in, in all uses of technology, whether it's communication or database management or uh, customer relationship management, any of that. We're, we're a little behind. All right, Tom, what's your takeaway? My takeaway today, Dave, is listening to Mark talk about how they, how they shifted their entire, they turned their membership model upside down and said, you know what, instead of focusing in on a few people that can give us the money to support the community or to support themselves, we're going to go to the community and we're going to say, who's in? This is what we're going to do to grow with our six pillars and who's in and want them best. And we're going to grow the pie so your business gets a bigger piece. And all of a sudden, boom, people start coming to the table to give more money because they want to be a part of that movement. And I think... It's really exciting, Mark, to hear someone like y'all. Y'all have literally created a movement for your community through the chamber, which is exciting because it's broad-based hitting everyone, not just a few people who decide to or can afford to pay dues to an organization. So hats off. Great job. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, to be honest, this has never happened before where you and I agreed on the key takeaway. I know. I, but that I'm is, right that's exactly what I was going to say as well, is like Mark and his team have very clearly define the value proposition and it's not a what's in it for me right it's a come help us build value proposition and i think that's really really interesting i don't know that like the typical professional association could completely embrace that maybe but i i think there's a lot that a typical professional association or even more so a trade association could learn from or observe and adapt from that mentality, that, that different approach to, to uh, membership. All right, Mark, what's your, what, what do you want people to remember from this podcast? You know, I, I think I really want people to understand that, you know, from, from a membership perspective in most chambers or associations, you really do have that 15 or 20% of the people that are highly engaged and highly motivated in your organization and you cater to them. But the wealth of being able to drive your organization probably or could sit in that other 80%. 
And so we, again, as a chamber, uh, paid a lot more attention to those 10 or 15% of the members that we had that came to networking events or, you know, came and drank the wine and the coffee and that kind of stuff. And we, we had never sat down and had meaningful conversations with those other investors to find out what they wanted out of their chamber or this organization and what could be uh, catalyzing for our community. At the individual at, level, right? At the individual level. Not at level. the aggregate level, but what one do on you one. want? One-on-one. -on -one. Yes. What is it? Why do you do what you do? Why do you pay us what you pay? Is it worth anything? What should we be doing? What should we not be doing? Uh, and, and we heard a very different story from going to those other companies than the ones that showed up at our events. Oh, you're singing my song, Mark. So, uh, well, so before, before we leave, Dave, so a, yep. a phrase you might want to think through that, that could be a very remarkable phrase is one of my friends talks about in relationships, there's you, there's me, and then there's us. And no one ever talks about the us. It's always focused on you and me. So he has this phrase that he talks about called the power of us. So it dovetails right into your, your whole business model and stuff of when you're talking to people, talking about we're more concerned about the power of us than about what's in for you. So just the three words that I always thought has always been very impactful to me is that it's really about the power of us. I like that, Tom. Hey, I want to leave you guys with a powerful thing our CEO said. I don't want to uh, prop him up too much because he'll, he'll get the big head. But um, we were arguing back and forth, literally, uh, uh, not not angrily, but but literally arguing. Oh, Tom and I know what you mean. Heat of debate about whether or not we could do both. We could still do the networking events and still focus on these ecosystem issues. And he said, I'm going to sum it up like this, Mark. We're going to be standing around at a networking event in 10 years if we don't do something. And we're going to be talking about all the business we don't have. And I thought that was pretty poignant. That is. That's, that's very yeah. profound. He said, we're going to be standing around at a networking event talking about all the business we don't have. And he said, I'm ready to move forward. Are you not going to move forward with me? And I said, Okay. I it. love the focus. Honestly, like, like the, the fo it's hard to do too many things. You got to focus. I love that. All right. Well, uh, Mark, what's the best way for people to reach you if they want to connect with you? Uh, Mfield, M-F-I-E-L-D at KnoxvilleChamber.com. Thank you. And Tom, what, what is it you say? There's strong. There is strong. And then there's association strong all day. Dave, good to see you. Mark, nice to meet you. Y'all have a great day, listeners. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.